Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Allison from the Locally Sourced Podcast and you are here listening to episode number seven. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of talking to two very talented young adults from the high school drama club, John and Val. John is a senior and an actor and Val is a senior and an actor and the head of the art department. John and Val, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having us, Allison. We're so, so happy to be to here. Be here. It's awesome you guys found some time to be here. I'm very excited, especially as seniors. I know senior year can be um, a tough time and busy time, so I appreciate you guys taking the time to be on the podcast. Well, of course, definitely. Thank Anything you. Anything for drama club, really, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. That's really nice of you. I'm sure they appreciate you guys doing this for them and um, talking about the show and what you guys have to offer as we go along into the episode. So before we begin, how are things going um, as a student during these times? Yeah, I mean, things have been going, you know, great so far. We just try to make the most out of the year, especially during a difficult time. I definitely have to say when it comes to the drama club in the school, everyone's just done a great job just trying to stay positive and just be nice to everyone, you know, so. Nice and Val. You know, I, it's really crazy. It's like at the beginning of the year, we couldn't have expected anything like this would happen. But everyone's really, I think what happened is really everyone is there for each other now. And we're thinking of new creative ways. And I think it's going to change how we do theater for the rest of our lives. And I think it's just really exciting. Even with all the stuff going on, we can still, with the power of t- technology, come together and do a show like we have just done. You know, that's so true. I think, unfortunately, whatever is going on negatively with the pandemic, we're all adjusting. And I think your generation is adjusting the best because you grew up with this technology and you guys are so technological savvy enough to make something like this work, especially being able to put on the show as a uh, radio recording was very innovative. Um, That Mm. was awesome. I listened to it. It was kind of cool. It reminded me of like when you have you guys ever seen the movie Christmas Story? I have. With Ralph yeah, and the movie. little kid stuck in the snowsuit. So it reminds <laughs> me of when Ralph was listening to the um, TV show and he was doing the little code on the radio and it's like drink more Ovaltine. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but right, it reminds right. me of that time when like, you know, we, when you didn't have a TV and you had to listen to the shows on the radio. So it was kind of, it, it was different, but I also enjoyed it. It was nice. It was a nice change and you guys did an awesome job and adapted very well. So congratulations on that with everything, all the obstacles in your way, you guys really made it work. Thank you. Thank you for listening Thank in too. So yeah, no, it, like I said, it was a great time. The visuals were fun and everything really melded together with the time you had and the resources you had. You really, like I said, made it work perfectly. Um, so did you ever imagine your senior year to be this crazy? <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, I really thought that it was going to be like way, they are going to do stuff in person. And although it is a little disappointing that like we're not going to have, we didn't have that big fall play we usually do. And we're probably not going to go to festival, which we usually do. But at least we could still be together in this new time and with the, you know, all the Zoom calls and recordings. And it's really nice just to be hybrid half in school so we still see everyone, but it is really important to stay safe regardless of all the things that we, you know, have to miss out on. So I really, 
it's different, but it's something that we, I think over the last few months, I've really adapted to and found a way to make my life actually easier with all the, you know, restrictions and social distancing. I've been doing a lot that I didn't think I was going to do, but then I started doing it because I had all this time at home. And I like, my life has improved somewhat, even despite everything that's been going on. So honestly, it's a win-win. I mean, not oh, I totally, yeah. but. <laughs> Definitely. I get you. I think I totally agree with you in that sense, Val. Um, we have a lot of more time at our free hands. And that's how I came about with this podcast was I'm, I work consistently in person with all the kids. I work at the local church, but now that I'm home, like, oh, let me do this podcast. And it's nice because I had this time to really showcase something I wanted to do for a very long time and just never had the time to do it. Val, what are the things you started to do that you didn't think you had time for until now? Gosh, I started to do a lot more. I've always been really creative, but I started doing more digital art. Actually, when you watched the um, Christmas Carol, I think you've seen two of the... Oh, thanks, Misako. I actually also <laughs> am writing a play at the same time. There you go. Don't be shy. Is... You guys are very talented. I love to hear all the new things you guys are coming up with. So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And when you looked in the show, I think you've seen two designs I did for that, which is I actually learned that during quarantine, how to do that. And it was re it's really fun. Misako can vouch for me. It is very fun to do that. Val actually ran a digital design workshop for the club where we got to meet in person or virtually. And she showed everyone how to use a few different programs on how to design sets. Um, and then aside from that, we started a playwriting workshop that Val is, Val took on one idea and she kind of has a group of students working with her. And then there's two other groups that are working on short stories as well. That's awesome. Congrats, Val. You're very talented in that area. Congratulations. You should be proud of yourself. You should Definitely. be very proud of yourself. That's We're awesome. We're really lucky to have Val. So. You're a very talented, so multi-talented woman. I can see why they are lucky to have you on the club as a leader. Um, you're, I'm sure you're going to go very far with all these awesome talents you got going on. And one day I'll be reading your name up on the billboards and say, hey, she was one of my guests on the podcast. Uh, you know, give me a <laughs> shout out when you're on the where you're in uh, Broadway uh, producing your first play and so forth. Um, so congratulations, it's very cool. And I look forward to maybe seeing something out there eventually in the future when you're ready. Well, thank you, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, of course, what kind of, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer, but what kind of play is it? It was like a dramedy, drama comedy, <laughs> you know, just so like The things. Office or? <laughs> it was like in a, I actually work at Michael's, um, the craft store, and that inspired me to make the play about retail and like how the funny things that happen. And it was just about a girl working in retail and she had some personal issues and then her friends at the job helped her out. And, you know, it's very interesting because it's like the workshop. I like had this idea and then they're like, well, what more can you add? And then right. I had to like think more about it. And that's why I really liked the workshop idea because everyone got together and just, it was like free of having to like worry about lines or the play or whatever. And we could all just like speak freely and have ideas and nothing was wrong and nothing was like messed up. We just like had to bounce off each other. And I think it was really great that I got that. 
you know, it's funny because you say that because we I'm sure we've all worked in retail. So I'm sure it's going to be a very <laughs> relatable play because we I worked at Walgreens and boy, do I I could tell you stories beyond stories about working Walgreens, especially the late nights on Saturdays, the things people came up to the counter with. So I'm sure I hope it, you continue with it, whether the pandemic's still around or not. Um, I wish you the best of luck with it. And I'm sure it'll come out great whether it's now in a year or two years. I look forward to seeing it one day. Thank you. What about you, John? What have you been up to coping with this lovely virus? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I think kind of during this time, it's really about kind of giving back. I'm a senior this year. And I think it's so important to give back to a community that's given you so much. Um, we talked about this before, Allison, but last year, um, last week, um, we did a little um, fundraiser for Stoneham families in need. We sold holiday masks. They were a dollar each. We had a lot of people come from the community and we're so thankful and lucky that they came. Um, I've also been doing college auditions, which has been pretty a pretty wild process, but I'm hoping, we talked about this, you know, I'm hoping that this experience of college auditions and not being able to be on the stage can make me and Val and all these artists better people, so. How has that been? What do they do, like a Zoom call or do they watch a tape or a montage of what you've done? Yeah, sure. So what I've done is, is that some schools um, they ask for a pre-screen, which is just a pre-recording of your songs, your monologues, your dance. Um, and then some schools, they ask for a Zoom audition and they've been going great so far. That's uh, So do you have to dress up in the character you want to be for your Zoom audition? <laughs> uh, you don't have to. You kind of just you should dress nice for sure. <laughs> don't go in just because you're home. Don't go in like your footy pajamas. So no like footy pajamas at the bottom and a shirt and tie at the top. <laughs> um some you can't you can't do that because sometimes you have to show like your pants and stuff but it's just dress nice dress approachable and when you audition it's really about kind of just showing the program who you are why you fit in their program and why it's a good match and just do the best that you can you know give your 110 percent that's so true. And you guys, like I said, are doing a great job adjusting. And uh, that's awesome. You guys did so much for the community and sold those masks for a dollar and gave back to those in need, especially right now. It's not just those who are poor in need, but I think everyone just needs a pick me up of positive exactly. energy like you've guys done. So that was very nice of you guys. Much appreciated. You know, it's tough because sometimes people talk down on the younger generation. And you guys are really coming over achieving and doing an awesome job supporting everyone who needs help during this pandemic. So from me, Absolutely. thank you for all that support and you guys are doing an awesome job. So let's head into the play. So you guys did Christmas Carol. And yeah. that was awesome. Christmas Carol. Congratulations. And have you guys seen the show before, the play? Yes. Before you've done this? Yes, I've actually been in um, an adaptation of it at the the Greater Boston Stage Company. Uh, it wasn't a Christmas Carol, it was a Tiny Tim's Christmas Carol. I was lucky enough to play the title role, and it was pretty much like, it was about Tiny Tim and his perspective of a oh, Christmas okay. Carol. That's he gets his friends along, and they kind of reenact. They're the present, they're the past, and they're kind of pulling a prank on Scrooge. Um, they're kind of like the puppet master pulling the strings of... Um, pretty much the story that we know today. I saw the, the show place. actually, um, <laughs> when it was actually going on. I knew John was the main character, but me and my dad just came 
because we had nothing to do. And it was honestly really good. It was crazy to see John up there with all those adults and our mutual friend, Tony. It was so cool. It was really good. I promise. It was so good. You know, it's great that when they the theater came in to Stoneham, it was wonderful to see that they were supporting the arts of Stoneham. Absolutely. And it's awesome because my aunt and uncle, they actually usher there. They volunteer and usher. So they invited mm -hmm. me one day to do it with them. And not only that, we saw one of the Christmas Carol plays. And it, it was wonderful to see something like that in Stoneham because Stoneham's such a small town. And a lot of the things we do is just go to Chinese food or pizza and we walk the streets. Right. It's kind of nice to see the arts in allowing you guys the opportunity to be at a play, but not have to go into Boston. You guys exactly. get to experience something so wonderful in your hometown. And, you know, back in the day, Stoneham was known for the Stoneham Zoo or restaurants. But now it's nice to know we're known for not only that, but also creative arts and theater as well so it's really cool to have a theater in Stoneham. i love it i would definitely bring my son there and let him experience because again you don't have to go into boston and you know you make a night of it we get to go to a play get to see young actors there and as well you know make a night go out to dinner so um it's really cool to have the theater and that's cool you guys are involved with it and in addition to the high school, you guys have another outlet to showcase your talent. So that's Absolutely. awesome. What about you, Val? Have you heard of the story before? Um, this actually, I the first time I actually read A Christmas Carol was in like, a, it was like a Scrooge McDuck ad adaptation with like <laughs> characters. Um, but it's, I really like the story, honestly. Like some people might say it's like boring and old, but I honestly really like the message and all this, like the ghosts. I love ghosts, so perfect story. Um, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite version of A Christmas Carol is The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's my favorite Christmas yes. movie. I love The Muppets and I, my mom loves The Muppets. My dad loves The Muppets and we watch it every single year and it's just so good. I recommend it if you haven't seen it, please watch it. I have not, but I've read the book many times. You're right. It's a very long book when you're reading it to a two-year-old. So we kind of skip pages here and there. But I've seen the video or the play and movie multiple times. It's just, it's just a classic. It gets you in the mood for Christmas. And right. it, it, like you said, Val, it's a reminder of the message in itself. However we perceive the message it's just a reminder to be in the Christmas spirit and to give back at those times we should give to others and just be happy and enjoy our family and give back to all the tiny Tims in the world. So how did the play come about? Who kind of suggested, was this a team effort or did you vote? Were there other options of what type of plays you wanted to do? How did this come to the final choice? Miss Sacco had brought it up to me and Val and the rest of them, our drama club officers. And when we heard it, we just fell in love with the idea because we haven't been able to collaborate with one another since the COVID lockdown. And being able to just do something was incredible. And it was incredible idea. We've never, I've never done anything like a radio show. And I can for sure say it's an amazing experience and that all the kids in drama, they, they loved it so much. And it was so nice to see us collaborating and working with each other again, so. What I think is actually really funny is I have a friend in actually living in Pennsylvania and we were talking about drama because we both do theater and she also did A Christmas Carol and I we were like it's so fun it's really great it's great for the Christmas season it's just great to do 
with a group of people. It's everyone knows the story. It's something where everyone knows the story pretty much. So you can do whatever you want with it. And we really just did whatever we wanted. We experimented with the characters, our voices, how we can interpret it this, like versus how the story says, um, the set designs, the makeup designs, everything was up to our interpretation based on, you know, we know the story, but what else could we do with it? And it was really creative to see like what we all brought forth, um, knowing the story and then thinking of ways we can make it our own story. You know, it's funny you say that Val, that they did it as well as you. Now, did they do a radio program as well? How did they manage to present the play? Well, when I was talking to her, it was, it's crazy how different it can be with one show. She had, there was no crew with theirs. It was all they all did it themselves. They all had their own costumes and they did it on Zoom and they all were had videos of themselves. And like, it's very, versus us, we actually tried very hard to feature both sides, the cast and crew. That's why you're seeing the slides while you hear our voices. So you can combine both um, parts of theater and really appreciate both of them as you're watching. I feel like crew doesn't get a lot of respect not a lot of respect. I feel like people are very respectful. Not a lot of appreciation is how I would say it because the show would not work if it wasn't for the crew. And even though the crew can't do anything physically to like put the show together, it's really nice that we decided to put the digital designs and slides in there to give them a shout out. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say I totally, totally second that, that we are very, very lucky to have a crew like this. They are so talented. It really shows here. The thing that really sticks out about this show is, is that I felt everybody was represented. You know, even though you can't see us on the stage, you can imagine us, thanks to Val and so many other crew members, whether it's the costume design, whether it's the set design, whether it's the sound, whether it's the music, we're so lucky to have them because it really gives the vision of what this show's about. When choosing a show, you can't just think about the characters that are in the show. You have to think about the students that are in the club. And on average, we have about 65 students in the club. And that ranges from anyone that's an actor to anybody that's designing our lights, our sound, playing music, building our sets, painting our sets, designing our programs. You know, over the past few months where we've been in and out of school, pretty inconsistently, I have been begged by all the kids, please, can we do something? Can we do something? And we've been running workshops and we have rehearsals and we do improv classes, but they really wanted to collaborate on something. Um, and I was actually watching A Christmas Carol a, like a few months ago, I think around Thanksgiving. And I thought, this is a big show. There's so many levels to this show. We could make this work. So I had called the officers and said, what do you guys think of a radio program? And they were like, let's do it. So it took us a while to find a script. And I did find a script. And it took me a few days to go through and edit it. I had to um, add a lot of the lines for the narrator. Because as a radio show, the narrator is the fuel behind that show. That's what keeps it running. Um, and I, wa I wanted to make sure that every scene that the narrator was describing was clear and everybody could get into that moment. And while you're listening to it, 
yes, you are seeing all of our designs, but what the, some of the music and sound effects that you're hearing too um, are made by students. So we were in school a few weeks ago and we went to the band room and we had kids like smashing and dragging chains and they were making thunder sounds and they were making all these percussion sounds on instruments I couldn't tell you the name of, but our wonderful music teacher, John McShane was helping. And um, that was a really fun process to go through too. And that's something I wish people could see, but it's, it's so great that um, a lot of our band members got to be a part of this production as well. This is a really big club that's do-it-yourself. A lot of the students are painting their own set. They are creating their own costumes. And, you know, we're lucky to have such an amazing cast and we're lucky to have such an amazing crew, but we're even more lucky to have an even better creative team. Ms. Sacco, Mr. McShane, Mr. Perry, Ms. Costa um, are a big reason why this show is possible. They've They've helped art persist during such a difficult time and they deserve a lot of the credit. They work very, very hard. So I, I just want to, I was going to say the exact same thing, John, about how hard yeah. the creative team works to make the club possible. We've known them since the beginning of our time here. Mm-hmm. Actually, Mr. <laughs> Perry was the director. He was brand new. People were a little hesitant to see what he would do, but I think it's been really incredible. We've done some great shows with Miss Sacco. Mr. McShane was also new and he brought the music to a whole nother level. We had some incredible tunes in our musicals. Miss um, Costa as a choreographer. She's actually, what team is it that she's leading? Miss um, Costa is a kindergarten teacher for the Somerville Public School System and she is the director and captain of the Boston Canon. She's incredible. She's put on some amazing choreography for us. And of course, Miss Sacco, who's in the school, she does her she does her best as her teaching job, juggling that and her drama director job. And it's just so great to see so many adults like behind us and they all support us. And whenever there's criticism, it's always from a place of love and they just care about all of us individually. They wanna see us succeed and they do everything they can to help us. And I could not thank them enough for that. It's just so great to have that team with us. That's so cool because I think, you know, it's funny you say that, that you guys did your own sound effects because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I wonder if they did. And I think it just adds on the inclusiveness that you guys are speaking about, including everybody into the play, because unfortunately, we don't get to see the whole set design physically. And the virtual set design was awesome. It's very cool to see that as well. But in terms of the background, as you said, the crew isn't always recognized as main part. And they're the, without the crew, you wouldn't have much. You would have people in right. costume in a backdrop of a stage. So I think, you know, like in movies, you see the credits and you see all of the artist people. And there's a lot of names on that when you see through the credits and the amount of work that goes into it. So it's awesome that you as a club work together and you guys respect one another as like like any team or any group working together, that's the best part. It makes it happen. You can see it in the final result, as I saw in your play. Um, just everybody working together, making it work, and using all your positive pieces and your talents and, you know, just making something happen. Um, so again, the, you like you said, the crew did an awesome job. The visual and the audio, that in itself is just a lot of work to figure out 
what's the sound we're looking for? What's the piece of sound? How do we make it together? So I'm sure you guys went through a lot of takes, making sure it lined up to the vision you had of what you wanted it sound like to ensure it fit the scene appropriately. So um, again, shout outs to your crew as well as the actors, but mm -hmm. the crew did an awesome job as well doing all the audio and lining up everything. So that was wonderful as well. So how was that? Was it, was it like a learning curve in that stage for you guys? Have you, did you learn anything new? Was there like obstacles you guys worked together to figure out? Well, this whole process took only three weeks, which is really wild. And when I, <laughs> when I suggested this um, to the officers, I think it was like November 30th around there. And I was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And auditions are going to take place on the December 1st. And we're going to be done and show this project by the 18th. Um, I think they all thought that we were a little crazy. And then myself and Mr. Perry and Ms. Costa and Mr. McShane were all thought we were a little crazy as well. Um, but we set up a schedule and we were all very strict and punctual. And these kids hustled. We had deadlines on when things were due. Um, and if they couldn't get it done or if they needed help, they reached out to friends and they collaborated on pieces, whether that was some sort of sound effect or an art design. Um, and mind you, this whole time, we have been in school, out of school, back in school, back out of school. And when we are in school, only half of the kids are there. Um, so a lot of this is through email and Google Meet and, and uh, you know, telling friends to text each other or, or FaceTime each other. And what you're hearing is actually um, a Google Meet recording, which is crazy to think that the audio is it's pretty good. If you ask me, I think it sounds pretty clear, you know, for having oh, yeah. support on their <laughs> personal Chromebooks or um, iPads or whatever they were on. Um, we do have a few students that are fully remote and we wanted to make sure that they were included in this as well. So we knew that recording in school wouldn't be an option. Um, although we would love to have used some good microphones and, you know, headsets. <laughs> um, but we pulled it off and I couldn't be more proud of these kids for really sticking to their tasks and getting it done. So I was going to ask you, how did you record all those characters and line them up? But that's awesome. You guys get to utilize Google Meet. I figured it was either that or Zoom. And like you said, they did an awesome job. And it's cool that you the best part of technology is the inclusive piece of allowing everybody to be included into the play, home, hybrid or remote, it allowed them to stay in their comfort level, but also be a part of the club. And I think that's just so important right now, especially with everything going on. Just you guys haven't thrown on a play since this, right? Is this the first one? So the kids mm -hmm. must have been so amped to just be a part of something, talk to their friends and have a goal and just know that they get to showcase their talents when they haven't been able to do it all year. So. You know, that's props to you guys for really getting it going and 
you know, three weeks, I don't think I could write a paper in three weeks, let alone <laughs> put out a play. So you guys hustled and with everything going on in your schoolwork and I'm sure getting ready for college and the anxiety right. of everything going on, that was really cool of you guys. You guys should be very proud of yourselves for putting on something like this in three weeks, getting it all together. I'm sure you guys did a lot of the work with the support of the adults, but you know, working as a team and just not being able to gather in person makes it probably 10 times harder to do it over via text, via email, via Zoom and so forth. So you guys should be really proud on how you work together as a team and just how you put it together and manage that communication piece. So congrats on that again. Um, you guys are hard workers and I'm sure you guys are like, let's never do this again. I don't know what your <laughs> thoughts are on this, but I'm sure you guys would like to do an in-play person what next, uh, next year when wherever you are in college. But is there anything you guys would miss about the tradition or the routines that you typically did in an in-person play doing this way? Was there things you like miss, like the late nights together and ordering pizza? Were there Absolutely. certain pieces that you kind of thought, oh, this kind of stinks? Absolutely. I think for me, it's our tech week because that's when, because the, act, the actors and the crew members, they work separately. And tech week is that time where they come together, they come close, they collaborate and they celebrate the work that they put together and definitely the cast parties you know these people in drama they're not just friends in the club they're friends in school they're friends outside of school I got friends who are in college right now and I'm still close with them it's a bond like no other and when it comes to this year what I've been so lucky and proud to see is this attitude of let's not focus on the things that we can't do. Let's focus on the things that we can do and make the most out of them. When we look back at this and just be proud of the work that we could do during such a difficult time. And that's thanks to an amazing crew, amazing creative team, an amazing group of actors. And then it, you know, I'm so, so very lucky to be part of this club, so. Nice. What about you, Val? How is it to manage all these friends of yours or the club members to ensure they're helping you or working together as a team to create a design that you envisioned for the for the play itself? Oh, gosh. Um, well, it's really helpful. We've all been talking through group chats, um, me and the officers, me and the officers in Mitsako, me and the art crew. <laughs> You know, we have all these like technologically ways of communicating to each other still, despite being at home most of the time, um, which is very useful, um, getting the designs done. I feel like it's actually teaching us more than anything. This is one of the goals that I think is really helping me through quarantine is self-regulation. There's mm. no, there's not a lot of in-person, in, when we would do a rehearsal in person, it would be like, all right, learn your lines by this, do this by then. But then with this, it's like you have to do it yourself. There's no in reminders, really. You have to set yourself on that track and do like do it on time. And you have to schedule. I've been scheduling a lot of stuff like personally how to do all my projects and college apps and stuff for school and stuff for drama. Um, so that actually is a skill that I'm learning from being stuck at home and like not in person to 
do it in person. I have to do it myself. Um, something I miss about uh, being in person doing plays is what John said, the socialization of it all. I feel like when with the Zoom meetings, it's good to get stuff done, but there's really not a lot of room to like have those outside communications. Like I feel like a lot of the friendships I made in drama club were when I made them at like, you know, the potluck dinner that we have at Tech Week and, you know, like the breaks and the crew like working on stuff while we there's nothing really to talk about. So I miss that. But, you know, we can't really be even though all the bad stuff is happening, we're all the most important thing is that we're all still here and we can all still do something together, even though we're apart. So I think we should we need to focus on the good things like John was saying, um, that we're all still kicking and we're all, you know, we're all still here <laughs> making a beautiful show together and we can do that and we have to be grateful for that. That's Absolutely. awesome. That's very cool, Val. And um, what program did you use to make the set design? <laughs> oh well, how many you, programs did you use uh, to make the set design I feel, I feel like if I tell you I used literally just my my iPhone to make them I feel like that's wow. crazy no that's way yeah that's incredible though so I was did. it like an app on your iPhone like that just for me I, I thought I'm a little technological savvy but that just blew my mind like how wow. did that you gotta like give me an idea of what <laughs> how that even happens because oh, I can barely use Instagram so <laughs> of course and, and I'm not that old so I don't know if I should be ashamed of myself or not but I'd love to hear maybe a quick step-by-step -step. you don't have to go tune to them no just, it's not even that idea hard. how that happened it's not that hard you guys say I, that I, but there I am I like, I'm <laughs> saying that like you have all this whatever I'll just explain it like when I so I actually use a couple of programs on my phone. The main one is the app PixArt, P-I-C-S-A-R-T. And it is an app where you, it's a photo editor app like Photoshop, but it has this sticker feature where you can put stuff on the picture. So like you've got like, you can look up like trees and then it will give you trees and you can put the trees on. And then some other apps, I use Pinterest a lot to get pictures of stuff. Um, and then there's an app like the background erasing apps where I take the background out and then put the stickers on there. And then it's mostly just dragging and dropping, I'll be honest. But I feel like <laughs> it's I really like finding the things to put on there, because even if it's just like a ton of things that already exist, it's like you make it yourself and you fit, like put everything down. You're like, oh, what tree do I use? What chair do I use? You know, it's really it takes me like maybe 20 minutes for each because I'm like so like thinking like oh what about where do I put this and like <laughs> for the like um like what font do I use on this tombstone and I'm like thinking about that so it's really not it's easy but it's not as easy as it sounds when you really start doing it because to make it look good you have to like practice on how to make it look really good and really clean you know that that just boggles my mind right there to be honest with you I I would thought like you use this you use like Photoshop or Adobe <laughs> Premiere and I was like man they are so talented not that this isn't talent <laughs> this is a whole new talent in itself you can make like a living off of this editing profile pictures to catfish the world but no I'm just kidding about that end. <laughs> don't catfish anybody I'm You're gonna be rich. Looking, in college I'm actually looking 
to be I'm looking to make a major for media production and communications when I go off to college so it's actually really helping that's um, awesome do yeah. stuff. you know that's it's so funny cool. that's what I first looked into when I was going to college was graphic design um so you know it's even now there's so many things out there and it it seems like for your generation graphic design is just self-taught video editing graphic designing audio it's you guys your generation is so talented it's unbelievable like Allison, just the fact that you did that Allison you wouldn't believe how many times a day I email the kids and I'm like how do I do this can I have help please fix this help me because I'm like <laughs> and they just I am right there with you no problem with Sacco. And they send it right back to me. And I'm like, I don't even know how you did that. You know, I'm the same way. I, you know, I make fun of my mom because she can't text me. But there I am. Like, you guys are off creating set designs. And I can barely, like, do an Instagram video without editing 10 times. So <laughs> that's that just boggles you. That's mind-blowing that you did all those awesome sets on your that's iPhone. So I mean, it's It incredible. takes time to learn. It's not a – you can't just go on there and be like, oh, I know how to do this. You have to – it took – I started using it like I've started using photo editing. I don't know if it's that specific app, but I started like editing photos when I was like in sixth grade. And the first couple of photos, oh my god, I would never show them today because they're they're very they're mostly from cartoons and they're mostly <laughs> uh, they're very the patterns I use they're just a travesty. But you know, um, no, you should but, uh, do like a quick gallery of them and see how far you've come. I should. I don't know if I have them, but I, from then to today, it takes a lot of time to like figure out where to, how to make something look good, even if it's just on a phone or even if it's just with an app. And you have to like figure out how to use the tools and you have to figure out where to, like how to utilize the space you have and where, where you put things is very important. It's very important where you put text on a photo, which is crazy, but it's really important where you put pictures on a thing and where you put the text it's very learning how to do all that by myself was just it's very fun it's very hard but it's very fun now Val did you already know that that was what you were going to use or was it like a workshop you were running that kind of came up in your mind oh let's do it this way do you have any other applications you had in mind or was that like that was the best one to use honestly yeah I'm not I'm not the best illustrator. I can draw some stuff, but mostly I do mixed media and painting. And I was like, I'll just do it. If it's digital, I'll just do this. I'm, I'm good at this. And I like actually came up with the idea when I was applying again to be art head. And Misako um, asked, asked me um, what kind of workshops I'd like to run. And I was like, oh, well, I have this app that I maybe I could use. I'm not sure. And and she said, well, let's try it. And it actually really, and I did some stuff in my theater class with Mr. McShane because he runs that as well. And I was like, oh, wow, I can actually probably use this for drama club, which is something I hadn't been doing. I had been doing some like graphic designs for um, small publications that are run by teens, but um, learning I could do it for drama club and figuring that out was like a whole different thing. And I'm really glad I did because it's really fun. Um, just to make like we made like little sets for the workshop and even that was fun like I made a Mamma Mia thing and I think Miss Saka made <laughs> Beetlejuice and even doing that is just really fun so I'm really glad that we actually got to do that 
That's awesome. And that, that's the best part about it. As long as you guys are having fun with everything you're doing, it doesn't seem like work. And if, even if it takes you six hours, you're, you're enjoying it. And it's a skill you're biz, uh, building yourself. And it's something you can, even though it's just a phone app, it's, that's a skill you can throw on your resume or wherever you're applying to. And it's just, it makes you stand out from other people who use the computer. This kind of makes you mobile saying, we let, let's do it in a cafe together and make us uh, a background scene together. So the, I, I'm shocked still that you did it on the phone. <laughs> you did an awesome job. I mean, all the scenes were permanent to the what was going on and the characters oh, yeah. and they really truly matched the scene itself. And, you know, when I was listening to it and I saw the scene, the visual piece truly gave me an idea that I was watching the Christmas Carol, you know, that right. was a big piece. Yeah. And I, it felt like it's in front of me, but also I'm listening to it. So that was, you did an awesome job. <laughs> Thank you. You must have a really nice phone. Cause I just start, <laughs> I went from a flip phone to this like three years ago. So that's very impressive. Um, you guys should be really proud of yourselves and you got to do it in your PJs and the whole, in your home on a couch and a bed. So I'm so sure that's comfy. Kind of, Right, oh, yeah, like in your one, your onesie PJs, having hot cocoa and taking Instagram right. photos while setting up your sets and so forth. <laughs> so, but in all seriousness, they, they came out awesome. I never, if someone asked me and I looked, I'm like, oh, that's Photoshop. You guys did a really good job. So you should be very proud of yourself right there. Cause yeah. again, you, did you have carpal tunnel in the end? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I can't just take all the credit though. I have to you know, the designs yeah. for the counting house, the bedroom, outdoors, Fezziwigs blew me away. Just so good. Everyone, I taught, some of them did hand-drawn, some of them did digital, but they all came out great. And I'm really glad that we all got to work on those sets together. And everyone felt like they had a specific thing that they could show off. It was like, oh, here's my set. And they did something themselves and they could be really proud of it. We typically get the time to really dissect the script too. And and indulge in what, you know, what is this setting? Is there snow? Is it dingy? Is it wet? What kind of wallpaper would Ebenezer Scrooge have in his bedroom? And mm. we get that. And the, I just have to compliment the kids again, because when I was getting these designs back, um, like one that stands out in my head is the costume design for the spirit of Christmas past. When you're looking at it, but you're listening to the narrator, the student that designed the costume did such an amazing job of Beautiful. listening to what the narrator said and transferred it on into a hand-drawn illustration. Mm. You know, and it was, this spirit has long glowing, flowing hair and a white right. gown bedecked in flowers holding a holly branch. And that's what you see. And I'm so, I'm just so proud of um, how much time the, the students took on their own to put into their work because we didn't get that time and space to collaborate. And I think that um, it just shows how much that they've learned in the last few years working together that they can go off on their own and do this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so true because, you know, unfortunately you can't put it in a visual, but it brings out certain pieces of talent. Like you said, figuring out the small pieces of the lines, it's like, okay, he had a candle lit in his bedroom. So we have to put that candle. It's those small pieces you might've skipped 
because the crew would take care of it and do a physical candlelit. Whereas you as a team now have to dissect the whole play and its aesthetics, so a small, small pieces, like you said, the wallpaper in the bedroom that it's important because we can't see it as listeners. Um, so again, it probably, it's more small time and effort, but it's important and you guys did it. And like I said, I felt like I was watching the play just from the visuals itself. I had an idea of what was going on. I was able to keep up with the play in itself and just know as I'm listening to the character, I could picture him there with the um, the clothes and the costumes you guys drew. My one, my favorite one was the, um, what was the old man in the street? I believe it was, I forget oh, his. Joe. Yes, old Joe. I was like, that's like perfect. That's how I dress normally. So this is perfect. In the winter, that's me. I'm old Joe, just sitting there with my gloves and everything. But like I said, you guys, the way you guys thought of it, and it probably had to take a little more effort and creativity to do that mm. because people can't see you, the actors making the facial expressions, showing off their costume and so forth. The time and effort everyone had to do as a team and you know, collaborate and criticize in a positive way is awesome that you guys managed that in such short time. So. That was great job, you guys. Valerie, you did an awesome job as a head of the art department and you really, you and your team came together. So that was wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Really? It feels good to hear. Yeah, of course. Yeah, hard work pays off. Fast hard work, but it paid off and you guys did awesome. Um, So John, for you, what was it? Was it, how did you feel just doing a radio version, you know? You're probably like me, you talk with your hands, you like to throw out emotions and facial expressions. I'm very shy, but once I get talking, you're probably staring at my hands more than anything. How was that for you to do it on the radio? Did you need a lot of room? <laughs> Everybody's laughing because they know I use my hands a lot and I'm very expressive. Are you sitting on yours right now, just like hoping they don't like hit a microphone? Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> hit my screen or anything. Um, It definitely was a new um, out of water experience for me because I'm, again, I'm used to using my hands. I'm used to using my facial expressions. So this time I had to really use my voice to portray the character I'm playing, who's old and feeble and bitter, which is a role I've not really played. I I would consider myself hopefully uh, not a Scrooge, but I think when it comes to his character, it's really nice seeing his heartwarming transformation. You know, it really shows that anyone can become a better person, especially during the holiday season. I hope people saw that and they, and they hope people become a little bit better after watching our performance. And it cannot, it cannot be possible without um, the amazing set design and the crew, you know, we work together and it's incredible. We make magic. Yeah, no, totally. It, it's tough because how do you get your point across over radio and, um, right. you know, how did you get into character? Because usually you get into character from all the practices and wearing the costume and doing all those lines every day. Were there certain changes you had to make while being at home to ensure you kind of got the character across Absolutely. his attitude and his emotions and his mm. happiness in the end? Were there certain things you did? Yeah, for me, 
Um, I really just, and this is what I do with every role. I do a lot of research about the character. You know, I watch a lot of portrayals. I watched, I watched it. I actually watched a radio show from 1939. Um, and I was lucky to get a lot of direction from Miss Sacco and Mr. Perry. And it really helped me, you know, create my character. That's what I usually um, do in any role, you know, just dive in, put myself in the character's shoes and hopefully people, you know, they relate and they understand. I think that's why people come to see shows because they relate to the characters that are being portrayed. Awesome. So you didn't just walk around Stoneham just yelling at everybody, bah humbug, <laughs> with a mask on, with a, like a mask with a mustache and beard and around and go, ah, humbug. No, never, never. Humbug. I, I definitely walk around really, the house and say my lines. This is a really challenging role for John. He's a very, very kind and polite and oh, thank you. wonderful I shouldn't say kid. He's not a kid, but he's a wonderful person. And so I think when we gave him this role, it's, it's like the complete opposite of him in every way. And and I remember like the first rehearsal we had, he kind of like had this groany, grunting voice. And Mr. Perry's like, John, you're not a pirate. <laughs> angry man. And then we kind of held on to that. We're like, don't be a pirate, John. Don't be a pirate. Come on, get, get grouchy, get angry. You're sad. You're bitter. You're cold. You're tired. And he, with every rehearsal we had, really just took on these notes and he just applied them and he tried harder and harder and he nailed it. But oh, I think you. it was um it was a good, it was a big process for John. I don't think he'll say that because he's too humble, but it was it was yeah. he did a really nice job working on this. I, oh, thank you. Honestly, I've never seen John mean or angry <laughs> or sad. He's always literally always, I've no idea how he's always so happy and cheerful, but he literally always is. But oh. something else about John is he can literally do anything that he like that like people want him to do like he can adapt to role so well and he they that's why he got the lead because he can adapt to that so well and he, he really commits to it all the way and Thank they you. wouldn't give him that role that big and hard if they didn't think that he was going to be able to do it and he did it really fantastic like we had his Aww. team together and i was like still so blown away at how good he was at doing his part Aww. despite Thank you. like his he's so nice and then in the play he's like so mean i'm like where did this come from but you know <laughs> <laughs> thank but you honestly, very much and i honestly think john is gonna be famous when he grows up like you're gonna see him <laughs> like he's gonna host his own talk show like jimmy fallon gonna be like, hey guys it's john pags you know well you know there was oh. a um someone from stoneham high school drama who is famous now i don't know if you know his name his name is josh gondelman so I'm yes, have yes. some awesome shoes to follow in that end. I mean, great talent <laughs> does come from Stoneham, Josh. and We're you. lucky. We had Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. <laughs> Mario, I cannot Mario. skate. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't um, I think another challenge of ours was um, volume. You know, when you're in a theater and you're, in, you're, you're performing live, we always say, louder, we need to hear you, louder, diction. But it was the opposite. The louder that the students got on their end, the more the audio would cut out. And that's really hard. We'd be like, stop, you know? say, that, say that line again, stop. I need to clip that out. John, watch your volume. Cause he'd want to get angry and yell and grovel and cry. And the more he I'm would, loud. his <laughs> audio tell. would cut out. So it was difficult. He had to embody these emotions while maintaining a certain volume so that the audio wouldn't cut out. 
Yeah, yeah John, yeah. was that like a big learning curve for you? Because you're probably Absolutely. like, my husband's very loud and he's talking. I'm like, why are you yelling? I'm right here. But he's like, that's just my voice. He's like, we yell. And I'm like, no, 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 please stop. But I mean, I'm sure it was a learning curve, especially as I know in audio, you have to kind of keep a Oh, absolutely. A voice tone throughout the whole time. So that must have been hard because you want to get your point across right. in your voice and it's hard. So was that a huge learning curve for you at the beginning? Absolutely. I would definitely say it is. You know, as someone who's used to performing on the stage, I'm used to using my stage voice. But in this, it's really about like voiceover work and literally just talking like a human being, talking in a regular, normal tone, but also on top of that, playing a character and finding him and finding his voice that's tolerable for an audience and I'm I'm very lucky to have you know great directors and great actors you know around me who make this show possible and make me the character that I am you know really it's I'm very lucky to have this talented very talented cast I always say cast of kids but cast of young adults you know We've really been sure group. When I heard your voice and everyone else's voice, was there like an accent you guys kind of all agreed upon? I heard a tiny, like, I don't know, was it English or did you guys kind of agree upon a full accent for the whole story or was it just random? <laughs> for oh. me, it was, oh, you go, sorry. I, was say, I think everyone kind of just embodied their own character. <laughs> exactly. It was so you know? cohesive. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I think yours in general had a little accent. I don't know if it was English or something, but maybe it was just the way, again, you embodied it and thought what he should sound like. So that was <laughs> that was really cool. Put me back in the times. It was a little oh, old Englishy. So that was kind of cool. You guys all did that in a sense of um, the way you guys kind of correlated your voices together and really made that work. What was the, do you guys know what audio program you used to edit those lines and vocals? Um, yeah, so I recorded the Google Meets that we were on and then I would drag the video recording into iMovie and then I would just split the audio from the movie and use it that way. If we were in school, we are lucky enough that we do have the technology and we have a lot of students that would have been able to edit it. Um, but because we couldn't be together and it was too much, um, it all kind of ended up on my end. But I had a lot of students helping me through email or Google Meets telling me how to line up the image with the audio of the music, with the sound cues that they made. And um, it was a learning experience for all of us. <laughs> but so we used iMovie basically to process the film. That's awesome. It's, it's nice because, you know, people think there's all these things they have to buy to make something like you do. And they have to spend all this money on an iBook, Photoshop, and then Final Cut. The way you guys did it, I think it's nice. It's a reminder that you can do something with apps you already have and you can do something for free. It's not, sometimes money shouldn't be the issue to create something you really want to do. And you guys had this goal and you made it happen with the resources you have. And I think that's our goal for everyone right now during this pandemic is, although we don't have the resources we'd like to do to make it perfect, you guys work together as a club to make something you truly loved and put your heart into it and more mm -hmm. heart than you typically do, I'm sure. And something of 
make you guys were just probably so amped to put something out and create something you guys made it happen so just as a reminder anyone out there who wants to do something like this they use the iphone call up val dm her and say how do we do this <laughs> and then you know they use google meet which everyone has access to an iMovie and you can use any movie editor um and it just shows the such simple tools can make such an awesome final product. Um, so, you know, like I said, that, that came out wonder. I never would have guessed, to be honest, but maybe that's just me. But like I said, I never would have guessed you guys use such simple apps to do something so wonderful. And, you know, it's nice to put someone in the holiday spirit to listen to the play. John and Val, were there certain parts of the play you really enjoyed doing it this way, opposed to in person? Oh, um, for me, I definitely... I love acting in person. It's so fun. I've done a lot of physical roles, which is really awesome. Um, but I really like doing character voices. That's something I really like to do. And this is like a chance for me to really like put that at the forefront. Um, and like with my character, um, I was um, Scrooge's old partner, Marley. And I did a lot of work with Mr. Perry and Ms. Sacco to get the right voice. It's like a couple minutes, took like 20 minutes to really Did you do walk around your house voices. and talk in that voice to your family members all day? <laughs> I was tempted, but no, I did not. I didn't want to, you know, my parents work a lot. I didn't want to like go in the room and be like, I'm a ghost and scare them out of their seat, you know? And but... Val played multiple roles. Oh, you did? Val, you have so many talents. That's incredible. What other roles did you play? Oh, gosh. Don't be shy. Be proud of your work. You should be very proud of everything you're doing. I'm I'm shy, but I I don't have as many talents as you. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you for that. Yes. Um, What other roles did you play? I played Marley, and then I played Mr. Fezziwig, who is Scrooge's old employer, who is very much the opposite of Scrooge. He's very jovial and he holds his holiday party, uh, which Scrooge remembers fondly. And it's very interesting to go from like the dark, scary Jacob Marley to the, oh, let's have a party. Let's have a great old time. You know, it's like, you have to think about the characters even when you're, I've done double casting before, but I've never done two very distinct roles that were super Mm. polar opposites. So it was really interesting to see like, how evil I could get and then how happy and excited I could get uh, in the same production, which is really fun to do. For auditions, did you guys do that all through Zoom as well? Or Mm -hmm. Google Meet? Yeah, we did. I proposed the idea on our Google Classroom and basically said, um, if you'd like to be a part of the show, come to a meeting in a few days. And I patiently sat there anxiously hoping I'd have kids sign on. And to my pleasant surprise, I believe there was about 20, 20 to 24 students in the cast. Even um, more, yeah. One of them took on two to three roles because of the cast list and how many characters are in this show. Um, and for time's sake, we kind of just did a, a like a first come first serve and said, is there a role somebody really, really wants? And it all kind of filled in nicely. And then we had a few students who wanted the same role. So we privately auditioned them through a Google Hangout on another day. I'm sure it was hard to choose someone just based off of Zoom, especially when you cannot see their body language and so forth. So that that must have been hard. But 
uh, the characters were perfect and came together very well. What was the characters that really everyone wanted the most? We had a lot of people go for the narrator. Yeah, definitely. Which was really tricky. Um, You know, when you think narrator, you got to have that that certain Morgan Freeman voice. I was just going to say that if you're not Morgan Freeman, then uh, it's tough to do. Yeah. So then um, we had a few other students interested in Jacob Marley and a few of the spirits. And when they came to auditions, it just filtered through naturally. And we, um, myself and the creative team were like, wow, this just, it just, everything just fit into place real, real smooth. And we had to keep our chins and rehearsals short because these kids are on school. They're on a computer all day. Um, you know, we didn't want them sitting on a, an audition zoom for three hours from three to 6 PM. It's, that's not, you know, it's, it's not feasible. They, they needed to just come do their audition and leave. And, um, the process for auditions and casting took like two days, I think. And then we did it on Monday, Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, we had the cast list up. And um, we had a few students um, fill in places where other students couldn't come to rehearsals and flip-flop roles, but it all worked out. What I think is really cool is that we were able to cast the, most of the show by just being asked what part we wanted and I think it's because the directors really know us well and they know where we would fit like I'm like I got Marley I knew that I had this feeling that they thought I was good for that role I've been a couple of spooky scary roles and I really like playing those roles and they and some other people um you know like narrator and Bob Cratchit all the spirits just I feel like it's really great that the directors know what everyone's strengths are and they also know what people have to work on and that's what casting it's not just casting is not just casting based on what people are good at it's casting based on what people want to learn because theater is a learning process Um, you learn a lot from it and it takes a team effort to do it's not just get on stage do this it's get on stage do this and then learn what to do next And then that's the exciting part, learning everything. That's so true, Val. I think it's hard because I don't, I don't think I could be a director because I, I would want to choose everybody. And, you know, over the course of the years, as you grow, like anything you do, you become a different person for different roles and you start to learn your, um, your abilities and things you need to work on. And that's helpful of a director's guidance. You kind of and be able to embody the roles you know you can handle with some struggle, but you learn over time how to manage it. And it's nice as an actor because you're acting in so many different roles and you get to be so many different personalities. John, as you know, I'm sure there's roles you loved and roles you hated and you learned from them and you get to go on and maybe do that role you hated in the future. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's, there's definitely no roles I hate. Um, I think it's a process of being uncomfortable because you've never done it before. The great thing about being uncomfortable in theater is, is that it's a good thing because it helps you grow. You know, it uncomfortability is like it, it helps you grow not only as an a- actor, but a human being. The cool thing about playing these characters, I learn a little bit from each and I usually keep them with me and whatever I go. An important thing about being an actor is 
is that you have to be empathetic. You got to understand, you know, putting yourself in another person's shoes and relating to your character as much as you can. That's, that's really all you can do. Well, the thing about me and John, which is crazy, we actually, we've been acting since we were kids, actually, the first play I was in with John was The Little Mermaid, and we were like 11 years old, and we've been exactly. just acting ever <laughs> since, you know? Um, and it's still fun for us. It's still something we really love to do, because it's like you always learn with each new role, you know? Absolutely. John, what was yeah. it that you learned with Scrooge, other than don't be greedy? <laughs> <laughs> I think what I learned from Scrooge is, is that there's, I'm trying to think, there's, as a person, you always have time to become a better person, regardless of what situation you're in or what you've done in the past, you still have time to grow and be a better human being. I try to find the best in every person that I meet, regardless of what it is. And on the other side, you know, I, my advice to anybody, whether you're an actor or, or just a person, is just find the best in people, especially during a difficult time like this. Like I said, did an awesome job. Now, will you guys be doing voiceovers for SpongeBob anytime soon or <laughs> Patrick? I mean, oh did this kind of say, oh, I can do voiceovers now? I mean, for me, I would love to do voiceovers because I'm extremely shy in front of people. But if you get me behind a microphone and no one ever sees me, I'm fine. Is that something you guys would consider now after doing something like this? I've always wanted to be a voice actor. I can name literally you could be all Sandy. <laughs> I know I know all the names of the SpongeBob cast. If you ask me, you know, like Tom Kenny, SpongeBob, awesome. Bill Fagerbeck is Patrick. <laughs> really, it's something like you mm-hmm. do the voice. I watch so many videos on it because I I love voice mm-hmm. acting, and it's really like you. They take stuff from like what the they do. It's really interesting about voice acting is they watch the people in the booth do movements, and then they put that into their character in the show which is really fun. It's like a collaborative process. It's not just voice acting. It's like acting with your whole body, which is something people don't really know. But it is like really involved and you have to do the specific voice and all the movements and, and you know, very, it's just very fun, you know? I just love voice acting so much. Sorry, end of rant. End of no, rant. that's, a, I'm glad. I'm, it's, so you loved it beforehand. Do you love it more now that you've done something like this? Is it like creating more love for doing uh voiceovers like a radio play like you just did um or is it the same love that (laughs) you've always had for voiceovers it's the same but like being in a voice like a voice for like production as big as this it's crazy I never thought it was gonna like be the voice of someone and now I am (laughs) like wow so it's like really just really fun you know I really liked doing voice work and it really I don't know if I'm going to be like a big voice actor, but it would, it's a dream. It's, it's something that could happen, but I really liked, and it's probably other kids in the show too that were like, wow, this is really fun. And I should do more of this. So it's not just me. Definitely other people were like, wow, acting with a voice, it's something cool and new, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, for me, if I was to just do voices, I'd be extremely happy, but just don't put me on stage. So it kind of gives people the opportunity who want to play small roles, the confidence to know they're not on stage worrying about remembering their lines because they're in, they're in back in the mic, just being able to be a little more free about themselves and confident and a little, 
not as scared to make mistakes. They know it could be edited out. So doing something like this must have gave people in your club the opportunity to take on a bigger role or have a little more confidence in auditioning for a role they know they could do on the microphone rather than in person. So that that might have helped them as well. Doing something like this, you know, it's unfortunate you can't do it in person, but also, again, brings out the positive piece of allowing those who take smaller roles to take a big role and just do the voiceover for that. Definitely. Even the kids with probably like a few lines, it's definitely like they got that chance to shine through their voice. And like, usually in a stage, it's like there's a couple of other people there and maybe that line's lost. I know I've had small lines that have definitely been lost before, but in a radio production, you hear everyone, which is a cool thing about voice acting. You get to hear everyone clearly and everyone Mm. feels like they have a spot. That's so true. What about you, John? Did you enjoy doing the voiceovers? Oh, I, I loved it so much. It was, it was incredible. You know, I think it's really exciting because um, hopefully, you know, I've been doing the college audition process and some of the programs and some of the classes that they offer are voiceovers. And this is something I, I hope to continue. I hope to learn with, and maybe even do like Val said, you know, as a career voicing SpongeBob or Sandy. There you go. Anybody. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny. My, my boss, my old boss at um, my work, she's like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I try to like hide it in these interviews, but I have a really bad Boston accent. But she's like, oh, my God, you could do voiceovers for like Dunkin Donuts commercials or be in a Mark Wahlberg video. Or yeah. she's always like, you got to use your voice to market yourself. She's like, I'm going to sign you up for voiceover um, auditions because right. like it's funny because people look for voiceover accents so much. And oh, and- yeah. It's, it's just funny to think about. I'm like, she's like, you should use your accent during the interview. I'm like, well, I don't know if everyone's going to enjoy that or know what I'm saying half the time. But it again, voiceover has a lot more pieces to it than what people think. There's a lot involved in right. just getting into the character like you guys done. Um, so you guys did a really awesome job in that. And your whole crew, the whole club did a great job um do you guys have any messages for the your club right now is there any shout outs you want to do or maybe just a senior message as they're listening i am looking forward uh to the future that we're going to be able to spend as a drama club whatever it is everyone should be extremely you know very proud of the work that they did especially during a difficult time like this um, a big thank you to all of the community who consistently, no matter what comes out and supports us and supports everything in Stoneham. And I think also just a special thank you to you, Allison, for um, giving us this platform to talk about arts and keeping art alive. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. What about you, Val? Um, everything that John said, love the community. You guys are so very helpful to us and we can't thank you enough. Um, shout out to all of the um, juniors and underclassmen. We are, me and John are going to go off to bigger and brighter futures, but you guys are the future of the club and you guys are going to make it incredible. I've seen all of you, even the freshmen that I don't know that well, I've seen all of you act and uh, design and you've all been so kind and helpful and you've all been working as a team and you're also talented and uh, there are just all of you are so incredible, you know, shout out to my sophomores, you're like my children, um, <laughs> to, the, to my juniors, very close with the juniors I've known 
a lot of them since middle school. Um, and you guys are really, after we leave, or you guys are going to make the club go. You guys are going to make some great things, and I can't wait to see them even after. Like, I'll be a senior in college, and I'll be coming back to watch these radio plays, or if we can do real plays, we'll be watching the real plays. So, you know, shout out to all of you guys. Love you. Love you. Visako, any message you want to end with? These kids are great. I, I can't say it enough. I'm just so proud of everybody for all the hard work that they put into this. Um, I think I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Lombardi, uh, who mm. is our principal, who no matter what we throw at him, it, his answer is always yes, of course. You know, we, we wanted to have a Halloween party social distanced with proper guidelines in place. And he said, go for it. We, a few weeks ago, held a fundraiser at Chipotle because, um, you know, we, we're not putting on shows. We don't have ticket sales. We're not making money to go towards our scholarships that we get to give out at the end of the year. And he said, go for it. Just let me know when and where. Um, and when we proposed this idea for him, I said, this is what we want to do. Do you have any questions? And his answer was, no questions. I'm just excited. Um, and all the school faculty as well, who are my coworkers, they're all so supportive. I am constantly emailing them questions on how to execute things. And um, I have to compliment the kids for taking on their schoolwork in a very unconventional way during these remote learning days and then still showing up to rehearsal, but using rehearsal as a creative outlet. I'm just really proud of them. And I can't wait to see what the spring brings for us. I think this just shows that no matter what guidelines, restrictions, or rules are set in place, we can still provide a beautiful piece of art. I totally agree. Um, do you guys have any plans for the spring? Or are you going to try to do another play? Or We have no plans yet. I think um, I'll let everybody take school vacation to breathe from schoolwork and drama club and college applications and whatnot. And then probably sometime in January, um, the creative team and the officers will readjust and say, what do we want to do now? Whether it's like a, just a fun virtual read um, or if we want to start creating something, hopefully in person by the spring. Like we had said earlier, Val and a few other students have been um, holding writing workshops for short stories. So we would love to perform those short story one act plays in the spring, even if we have to do it outside and record it and share video with everybody. I think it would be great if we could bring their stories to life. So we'll just have to see what the spring brings. Fingers crossed, you guys, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. get Stay to tuned. use your talent. Stay tuned as John's yelling through the screen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stay tuned in his Stay regular tuned. voice, his acting voice. Um, but in all seriousness, fingers crossed, you guys, I hope you really enjoy your senior year, get to enjoy the club as much as possible, especially with everything going on. The Christmas Carol is on YouTube. You can hear it through there. I will throw up a link for you guys for everyone to access it. And you guys, again, you and the club did a wonderful job. You should be very proud of yourselves. And mm. your teachers rocked it as well. It's a stressful year for students and teachers. So props to everyone involved. And once again, this is episode seven for the Locally Sourced Podcast. This is Allison, your host and creator in the Stoneham SHS Drama Club. And that is the end of the podcast. Have an awesome day, everybody. Bye.